Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsports podcast. That's <laughs> still more technical difficulties for the Outsports podcast, which, as always, is brought to you by AT&T Mobilizing Your World. Jim, I don't uh, – uh, you got to get this fixed. I spent the last Yeah, I was wondering where you were. Out. I, I was here. I was here, and it wasn't I, – I, I don't even know what to tell you. We'll figure it out. We'll talk, we'll talk about it offline another time. <laughs> Well, uh, the end of June is going to be our last podcast for a couple of weeks because of the 4th of July. And uh, before we get our guest, they'll be on in a couple of minutes. Uh, congratulate Sid. He's getting an award tonight from the Los Angeles chapter of the NLGJA for, I believe it's feature writing for last year. So it's a great I, honor and well-deserved. We are getting an award. It's uh, I, I understand they put my name on it, but that's that's neither here nor there. That's, well, and uh, congratulations nonetheless. Well, I appreciate that, but that's <laughs> I think everyone understands that uh that's that it's not just me or you who wins any of these things. This is both of us. Uh and today uh, we're going to have two guests on in a couple minutes when they call in. Um one is a water polo player, just graduated high school, the other is a Rower both had their coming out stories, and we're going to talk to them about. I use the term bro sports, not exactly bro sports, but sports where maybe it's harder to come out in. Uh, but this has been quite a week for coming out stories in out sports. We've had we had a former MLS player yesterday. We've had with stories we've posted and written from other sites, maybe seven or eight this week. It seems like it's they're all crashing down at the end of June. Yeah, and of course. When when any mini avalanche like this happens, more come out of the woodwork. So we have more coming. <laughs> exactly. So um, God, it looks like we have guests who are actually on time for once. I I, I can't imagine that's the case. But you know, I, haven't, I haven't talked to these two guys. I I haven't talked to these two guys. So I uh, Jim, I'll leave it to you to introduce them. Well, for starters, uh, first I'll introduce Noah Ratliff. Uh, from Oregon, Noah played uh, high school water polo, was, I think, MVP of his conference, is now going to be on the U.S. Junior Olympic uh, competition in Orange County, California in a month, and is going to be going to school in uh, um, 
Mercyhurst, is that right, Noah, in uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, Mercyhurst, yeah. Playing water polo. And then our next uh, guest is um, Chris Kelly. He is a rower from Ithaca who wrote a great story today about how he was kind of outed basically at, at a basically a team party um, when is I think, freshman year, Chris? Yeah. And now Chris has gone on and has, has kind of thrived and has formed a, an active athlete ally chapter there. So I guess we both had you on because um, Sid and I were talking the other day that I think, no, you might be only the second water polo player we've had or maybe third in our entire time of out sports who've been out publicly. Oh uh, and <laughs> in terms of rowing, it's uh, we have Robbie Manson, a New Zealand Olympiad, and a couple others, Chris, but very few. And it sort of struck me is – that is there something about these sports that make them more, for want of a better word, broy or hyper masculine? Or uh, Noah, can you first talk about uh, doing this in high school? What was your experiences with that? Um, I just think in high school it was yeah definitely more hyper masculine. Um, it's just one of those sports. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know how to explain this very well. Um, well, how did you, did you end feel up different? Out? Yeah. How did one, you do it? What time? happened? What happened? How did what you ha- come out? What happened? Oh, I I just knew that it was my time to come out. Um, I was ready to come out to my teammates. It was. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> you came out on Facebook, I believe. Uh, yeah, I came out publicly on Facebook, but I came out to my teammates mostly one by one, talking to them each about how I needed to tell people and I wanted to come out because it was just too much to handle to hide it and to not be out with everyone so that I could be happy. And Chris, yours is a little bit different. Uh, You were kind of outed, basically. Um, You want to briefly relay that story to our readers, our listeners? Uh, Sure. Um, So I was at a a party, and I was with my friend Chloe, and kind of the rumor on the team was, oh, Chris and Chloe, they're going to, you know, they're going to date or whatever. And it you know i i was gay and chloe knew but it wasn't you know she wasn't a beard or anything she just you know was my friend and we were going to a party and some girl kind of came up to me and she was like oh is you know are you dating chloe is you know are you two together and chloe was like no we're just friends and you know she made this kind of assumption that i was gay and then she told everyone and this uh, guy in the first varsity boat told my coach and just so my coach would know how to deal with it. And it was kind of uncomfortable because I, you know, I, I wrote in high school and I never came up to my team in high school because I kind of figured that it was, it was nobody's damn business and I wouldn't want my performance uh, in crew, which is kind of a very physically taxing sport to be somehow, you know, my sexuality would subtract my ability or would subtract from my ability to perform. And did it? Me being gay, did it make me not, uh, you know, less of a rower? I don't think so. 
Yeah, did it somehow? Did it somehow once you once you came out of the gate? Did you somehow magically lose strength and ability to to move the oar through the water? <laughs> yeah, I actually got really really you know skinny, and I lost any ability to perform. <laughs> so. And no, you went, you are you became a terrible water polo player after you came out. Oh yeah, first. just I just became awful after I came out. I think I went from like one of the best in the conference to like one of the worst. And they gave you MVP. <laughs> they gave you MVP as a pity award. Was that what it was? Yeah, that was just a pity award. <laughs> Most what's cool about Noah is that the uh, the U.S. USA water polo actually retweeted his story. So you said it was one of your highlights of the day. Was hearing from the national organization for U.S. water polo. Oh, yeah, that was amazing to have them, like, retweet my story and share that. I was actually pretty surprised about it. You th- oh, it's funny. When athletes, when athletes share their story on Outsports, they think that it's this little website that nobody reads, and then they get the, a reaction, and they're like, oh, I, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Did you Did you both hear from some folks this week? Yeah, um, I got the the story was posted on Row 2K, which is kind of is a central hub for rowing, which was crazy, and I had no idea. Uh, and then I got a couple emails from people that said like, "Oh, I saw your thing on Row 2K," and you know that's really cool. Um, and it was just kind of astounding. You know, I looked at all of kind of all of the sh- the social media from all of the coming out stories, um, not specifically just my own. But kind of, you know, they were in the hundreds, and I was like, this is kind of crazy that so many people are connecting over kind of either a shared experience or the fact that there are more, you know, more LGBT athletes out there than kind of people know about. No way, and Noah, you said you, you heard, heard, Noah said, Noah said you heard from some other water polo players. Is that true? Yeah, um, I've had several water polo players email me and Facebook message me just saying how great it was that I came out and that my team supported me and that they hope that they can come out and have the same support. So it was really great to actually know that there's other players out there that want to come out and hope to get the same support from their teammates. (laughs) Jim's right. We haven't had many water polo players tell their story on Outsports, but there's a really vibrant gay water polo scene, gay gay teams from Atlanta and Los Angeles and Utah who every uh, once or twice a year, I think, have gay water polo tournaments. Have, 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 did, you, did you know that before you came out? And Did you know that before I just told you? I actually did not know any of that until you just told me. And a lot of these guys played in played in high school and college, and now they're you know they're in their twenties or even older. And I mean, they're straight players on the team, but they're gay oriented, and they're, their competitions yeah. are incredibly fierce. And uh, the the level of play is quite high. It's not like you know a bunch of guys uh, in speedos throwing a ball around. It's really <laughs> very intense and competitive. So uh, the. Next gay games, though, is in Paris in 2018, and I think they might have rowing too, Chris, so it's not a bad place to go to participate in a gay event. <laughs> Chris, have, Chris, have you connected with any of the gay rowing clubs? Um, I got a couple, after the story was posted on social media today, I got a couple really nice 
uh, tweets and a couple emails that said like, hey, well, you know, welcome to the family. We're not, you know, gay rowing is like a thing and it's, you know, it's a community and it's thriving and, you know, we're so happy that you had the strength to come out. Uh, please, you know, join us and connect with us. So that was really, you know, refreshing. And I had, um, I had a couple of people add me on Facebook and just message me and say like, hey, you know, I'm really excited to go here to row or, you know, I'm rowing here and, you know, you're, you're inspirational. I, you know, I want to come out too because I feel like there's nothing, you know, I have nothing to be ashamed of. Your friend didn't know on Facebook. He didn't friend me. What's that about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want people seeing all the nudes that I have posted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, you just got about 8,000 Facebook requests. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about outreach and, and the stuff reaches. a story we ran on Monday by a former – a guy just graduated from Dartmouth, a runner named Rex Woodbury – and it was a Q&A by a writer that does for us, Marty McGuire. And in the Q&A, Rex mentioned being inspired by a book by the former chairman of BP, Lord Brown. You know, the guy's a lord. And uh, his office contacted me yesterday to say there was a slight error, and could we correct it? And they wanted to push it out on Lord Brown's social media. So even British royalty is reading an out sports coming out story. That's crazy. Our reach is incredible. So, uh, well, so Noah, you talked about wanting to wanting to come out to to be happy and be free. So, did you get that out of this? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I haven't had anyone actually come to me and send hate or like any of that. I everyone's been really nice and supportive and. It just makes me happier knowing that I can be myself and no one's really said anything bad about it or talked behind my back with my teammates or anything. And one of your teammates actually wrote on your Facebook post when you came out and you said, that's cool. Everybody who does water polo was a little bit gay. <laughs> that was a pretty funny <laughs> Yeah, so... <laughs> Did, did you think that there would be negative response? I thought once the story came out that there might have been a few just from random people, not any of my friends or teammates, just maybe some random people who saw the article and just didn't like that. They're just homophobic and weren't happy that I was coming out. How about you, Chris? What, what, what? I mean, how, how has your team been since? Are you, is it, is, is it cool? Are there guys that are still problematic? Yeah, no, I think you know it's been there's been an amazing transformation. Um, I know, kind of one of the reasons I didn't want to come out, besides the fact that I, you know, I didn't want uh, kind of to be looked as an other, looked at as an other. Um, you know, there's kind of as you mentioned earlier, a hyper-masculinity that surrounds crew. And it, you know, it definitely attracts kind of a lot of, uh, you know, bros. It's kind of the, the lax bros that don't really play lacrosse, but they're somehow kind of, you know, attracted to the crew lifestyle of, you know, you're around these guys all the time and, you know, you're constantly working out or you're constantly just together because you have, you know, two-a-days or whatever. 
And, you know, it was kind of when I, you know, got to college, it still was sort of acceptable to have, you know, to say, oh, that's gay or, you know, don't be a little bitch when you can't do something kind of saying that like, you know, being gay or being feminine is uh, not acceptable in sports, you know, having any sort of emotion isn't acceptable. So uh, I didn't want to come out because then I didn't want to be seen as that. But as, you know, I was outed and then, you know, I kind of would go up to people and be like, you can't say that. That's not acceptable. You know, we need to work through this and we need to have a better way to kind of critique people if you are dissatisfied with their performance and the team kind of grew and they evolved and they started to realize that, Hey, you know, we can't do this. So the team response has been really positive. And, you know, I think that a lot, uh, a lot of rowers uh, will kind of, there, there's sort of a, I guess a transformation of sorts that people are, you know, more positive towards the LGBT community. Well, it's funny you say that, the way you describe these guys as bro then you say they like the fact that they're with guys all the time and working out all the time. It sounds pretty gay to me. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's like <laughs> this weird uh, homoerotic uh, double standard of, like, you're with guys that are in Speedos or guys that are in spandex, and that's it. And then, you know, you're like, oh, you look jacked today, bro. That's so hot. You know, but then you're gay if you like doing that outside of crew. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is kind of interesting in these sports like crew and water polo and uh, wrestling and gymnastics. It, it, it is lots of incredibly fit men wearing either nothing or very, very tight clothes. And <laughs> I often wondered how much of it is, how much of the attraction of some of these sports to some men, some straight men, is the idea that they're they are allowed to be essentially hang out naked with these guys and and perform sports with with other men, and it kind of it kind of satisfies some kind of desire in their head that isn't necessarily I want to get naked and have sex with them, but it it. It does satisfy something, and it, and it is these kind of more macho sports. With well, have you guys ever thought about that at all? Well, I think it's interesting um, when you know there's kind of the environment of a locker room culture where people you know change in the same locker room, and you know they're talking about whatever you know girl they slept with, and blah blah blah. And while changing and being naked and kind of they are both presenting themselves, but then at the same time, they're like, if you look at me, you're, you know, you're gay, you can't do that. But out of the corner of their eye, they're sizing you up at the same time. It's kind of this weird, you know, I I link it to like, like a peacock or something that everyone is kind of making sure that their feathers are preened. And, and Noah, um, you're going to be um, – tell us a bit about this whole Junior Olympics thing. It sounds like a pretty pretty big honor to be participating in that. Are you, you playing for – which like what team are you playing for, and how is, the, how is the structure set up? I'm playing with Eugene City Water Polo Club, um, based out of Eugene. Um, 
So um, we had to go through our qualifying tournament and place there. And depending on how we place, we get put in separate brackets. Um, (laughs) We didn't place very high, so we're going to be in a lower bracket. But it's this Junior Olympic tournament is the biggest water polo tournament in the world, I believe. So I believe there's over 250 teams competing. Well, is this international? Um, there have been, from I, from my experience, I've had playing time against teams from Puerto Rico and Canada play. Oh. So... And Chris, you wrote your thing. You wanna, you took, you had some good rowing honor this year. That was a first in Ithaca for a bit. I can't exactly remember what what it was. What you want a medal or? Uh, yes, I came in. My boat came in third at the uh, at ECACs, which is the Eastern Collegiate Sports Conference of something with, uh, and it's D one through D three, and it's kind of um, yeah, Pennsylvania, New York, Massachusetts that area and Michigan's in there too, uh, oddly enough. But uh and this year, um uh Ithaca hasn't won a varsity medal at ECACs since two thousand and eight. And my boat kind of we were the underdogs and we barely made the finals. Uh we made the finals by, you know, half a second maybe. And then the with the final race we started we had a really bad start and we we started down in sixth place, and over 2,000 meters, we walked through three other boats, and we finished in third by a good deal. Uh, and it was really exciting because, um, you know, not only was it a first for a really long time for Ithaca, but it just felt so good to kind of put in so much work uh, and come together over a short amount of time with, you know, eight other people. How does that happen? I mean, you're from the small school, you, you like you said, you eat into the finals. You're, you're in sixth place. And, and, and what happens in that period of time, either in your boat or the other boat, to, to, to bring you into to a medal? What happened? Uh, you know, I just, I, I want to compliment the, you know, the seven other rowers that were in the boat and then my amazing coxswain, because uh, we... You know, we just pushed through it, and we had the ability to kind of, you know, for 1,250 meters just push at a really strong base pace and then pull it out in a sprint. My boat had never been strong with starts uh, throughout the entire season, and it was just, I don't know, it was a great testament to kind of how hard everyone wanted it. And as you wrote, your last line is you did it as a gay man. No, yes, I did, because I'm so weak as a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> you had a head start. They gave the boat a 10-second head start. Yes. <laughs> Noah, has your school, your, your, this, where you're going to be headed this, this fall, your new school, your new coach, contacted you or said anything to you about all this? Um, No, none of the school has not contacted me, and neither has my coach. But one of the girls on the female team has contacted me and said how she is proud of me. I met her when I visited 
in March. So she contacted me, but I've had no one else contact contact me from the school. Well, do you plan on do you plan on telling your coach? I mean, do you going to tell your coach something, or are you just going to just let them find out if they find out, or how how do you think you're going to deal with that? Because it's going to be a whole new experience coming up in this fall. Um, I think I'll just come out and tell them, maybe at our first practice, just have a meeting like after the practice or before or whatever, and or while we're introducing our names, since we have to do that. Um, I'll just come out and tell everyone, oh, I'm Noah Ratliff, I'm gay. And I don't think it should be a problem, but if it is, we can deal with it. Better than your alternative, Chris, of having a, uh, (laughs) being outed at a party. Oh, yeah, no, I'm super jealous of any opportunity for a (laughs) do-over. Well, you've ended up in a good spot, so... Yeah. Well, both of you enjoy your summer and uh, take some take some time off out of the pool and off the water. But I'm sure you guys are both working hard as well. Thank and thanks you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jim and Sid. All right, guys. Thanks. Out in high school, out in college, and 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 even the even out in college ended up working out. So it's. It's just, I, I feel so good, Jim, about the stuff that we do because we keep hearing these stories. And I, it, I don't think it would have gone this way if I'd come out in high school, and I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't have for you. No, so, me neither. I, I get jealous of people like Noah who, you know, were doing this this early. And you know, um, what's also cool is we got a we had an email that same day from a swimmer who's going to be writing a story. We'll post after the fourth. He's going to school in the same city in Pennsylvania that Noah's going to school, so those two have already connected. Um, you know, what are the odds of that happening? You know, the same, the same, uh, not not small city, but not real large city in PA, and you know, so they already kind of have instant buddies there, and um, the connections like this keep on growing. And um, I know Chris mentioned Michigan, and of course Charlie Sullivan, our friend, is an openly gay assistant coach in Michigan, so. Charlie and Chris probably saw each other at some point at that ECAC meet. Yeah, well, and and now the the community grows. I'm sure they're not the only ones, and and now the other athletes have, have somebody that they can talk to when they see them at these meets. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's it's, it's a domino effect we talk about. It's just with every, every time somebody comes out, somebody else wants to too, or somebody else finds the courage to do so in their own life, and. It's cool. It's it's powerful. Well, that's all the time we have today. Like Jim said, we won't be around next week, but uh, but we'll check with you back after July 4th, Independence Day. As always, this podcast is brought to you by AT&T, mobilizing your world. Have a great Independence Day, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks.